Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, Ben Aiton. Um, can't wait to get this one started, but um, how's, how's the start of the week been for you so far, Ben? All good, yeah? Yeah, all good. Um, last night, even better. Um, I just want to say, we are going up, so we are going up. <laughs> I, know, I know I might be a bit premature, but um, I think it's pretty much in a bag now. Um, still in our own hands. Um what a performance last night, mate. I think every, every Watford fans woken up today absolutely buzzing. Um, I, I watched the game an hour behind last night because uh, I was sorting my daughter out and trying to get her to bed and out, and she's going through a sleep regression at the moment. So we're really struggling and we're not really getting much sleep ourselves at the moment. But mm. when I finally watched the game, I messaged you and said, I couldn't believe how good that performance was. And I couldn't sleep after that. The adrenaline I had after watching that Watford game, I couldn't switch off at all. I couldn't get to sleep to about one because I, I was just replaying things in my head of what actually happened in the game. Um, how are you feeling? Did you manage to go to sleep last night? <laughs> just about. I mean, I kept waking up because like yourself, you know, it was absolutely incredible. I, I think uh, Chalaba put a tweet out. I think it was around two o'clock in the morning. And he was like, he, even he said, like, he can't sleep because of how, how buzzing they are. And, you know, there's that video on the Watford Twitter after the game where they're all celebrating in the tunnel. And, uh, mate, it just, especially after Saturday, it just feels like this is just like typical Watfords. Yes, we go and put in a shit show of a performance against Luton and then bloody turn up and beat the the um, the league leaders in their, in their own backyard and do the double over them. So, it's, it's not crazy. the first time we've done this this season, though, is it? We put in a poor performance down at Bournemouth and we've both spoke about it's how you react, it's reaction after this game. Mm-hmm. And then we delivered at Cardiff and got that last minute free kick and popped it in by Messina. And yesterday was, it was pretty much the same. It was how are we going to uh, 
respond to the defeat against Luton because let's be all honest, it, it was a really poor performance. Yeah. I think Watford just turned up expecting to win and was mm-hmm. maybe surprised with how Luton actually um, how aggressive they were and how they performed and actually played probably played Watford off the park at times at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's how you respond and, my God, did they respond yesterday? Uh, mate, I mean, I, I vaguely remember saying in the last podcast, you know, I think we were all obviously doom and gloom, me, you and James, and we were sort of trying to pick out a positive and we were like, Lisa, we've just lost Luton, we gutted, we got Norwich coming up, you know, not a thank, not an easy task and, I think I went with a 2-2, you went with a 1-1, James went with a 2-2, but we were really struggling to try and pick performances out. And I think I remember saying, well, if we can get something, then that should spur the lads on because it will be a big result. And, and here we are. Like, it's it's incredible. I mean, let's start with the team moves. We obviously knew that there were going to be some changes because of, uh, I mean, the first change that sort of happened was, uh, was in force because there was no Kiko. So the question was, were we going to see Lazar and Navarro uh, occupying uh, the, the, the <laughs> flanks or were we going to see maybe a Gakir coming? We, we, we didn't know. So there was four changes made to the sides that lost to Luton. And hats off, by the way, to uh, to the club admin on, on the way they announced the team news. He said, <laughs> your 2018-19 FA Cup champions make four changes, obviously alluding to the Super League, which, by the way, this morning we're recording on Wednesday the 21st of April, I've woke up and I've heard that all six English teams have now um, exited the European Super League, which is absolutely bloody brilliant. Um, I don't want to go too much into that, but it's, it was a disgrace, wasn't it, Ben, this ESL? Yeah, it's, it's totally against absolutely everything that we stand for in football. Um, they was looking to take away the actual competition yeah. and taking it away from being an actual sport and to making it more of a franchise, like Americanising it. And we're totally against that. We've got a massive history in this country of over 100 years. Like the founders, I think there's like 12 founding clubs from the from England that started it up, like going yeah. back to like Blackburn, Preston, Derby, Stoke. Villa. All, all Villa, all, all mm-hmm. the big old school clubs that have started it up. And for for the owners of these so-called big six to come in and say, you know what, we're too good for the Champions League. We don't need to qualify for that every season, especially mm-hmm. for Cheek of Arsenal, who are like <laughs> 11th. They celebrated a 97th minute equalise against Fulham. Then later on that evening, they announced that they was joining this Super League. But what we'll say on it, I'm absolutely delighted that it's, it's crashed in that. But I must say, the Super League knockout stage last night was absolutely incredible. Seeing all those teams getting knocked out last night, all the teams withdrawing from the um, competition already before it started, that's, yeah. that's a good impact, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Uh, I saw, uh, like I say, I don't want to delve too much onto this because we, we, we just beat Norwich, for God's sake. But one thing that made me absolutely howl was... Um, someone was talking about Arsenal and Spurs getting in the European Super League. And then that's like saying, that's like me walking into the Crucible and sticking 50p on the table and say, I'll play next. Um, so that, <laughs> <laughs> that, did, that did make me laugh. But, you against um, Ronnie O'Sullivan. <laughs> typical, wouldn't it? Um, but yes, sorry, I am completely lost away then. So there was four changes. I don't even know I got on. Oh, yeah, because of how the team was FA announced. FA Cup winners, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, congratulations to Wolves for winning the Premier League the we, other year as well. We they've, they've got that wrong, by the way. That was 2018-19. If you take out the results from the top six or the big six, whatever you want to call them, 
um, then we're actually we actually won the league that season. If you go oh, on so transfer market, so what Wolves what Wolves actually did then they just removed the teams at, at the yes. end of the season. They That's didn't right. remove their points. So when because you removed the points, Watford actually won the league. That's right, because don't forget, oh, obviously... Double winners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't forget, we were we were going for seventh that season. We ended up bottling it and finishing like 11th or 12th. But um, Wolves actually finished seventh. So if you took out the top six, then Wolves would win. However, if you take out the results, Watford would win the league. So, yeah, uh, double league and cup winners that season for I'll, Watford. I'll never forget Watford admin. Um, I think they kind of oh, ruined yeah. our momentum that season. I think they maybe cancelled it for us all. When I put out saying no one wants to get into Europe <laughs> <laughs> and then we went on to lose and went on the massive losing run as well. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I must say, admin's got a bit better, haven't they? I think they must have employed someone else. They have. They um, just Someone with a bit of banter. <laughs> yeah. Just on a side note as well, they... Um, TikTok. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Their TikTok account is the has got the most followers and uh, everything else like out of all the clubs in Europe. So they we're like the, everyone, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah. So the four changes were Feminia, <laughs> Lazar, Sanchez, and Zinkanaga were all out, and then incoming was Kafkart, Messina, Cleverly, and Gosling. Now, about three of those probably made sense, Ben, but. Seeing Craig Cuffcart come in, I mean, you said to me, were we going three at the back? Were we going four at the back? We Cuffcart at right back. What were your over, what was your overall thoughts on the team news itself? Uh, it was interesting to see Craig Cuffcart coming in at right back. Like you just said, I messaged you thinking maybe he was going for a three at the back because I couldn't really see where he was going to slot in, and I couldn't really remember has he played at right back before. I know I know when we had Mariapa at the club, he was a centre back, but he played at right back. Um, he was versatile, but I was like, Craig Cuffcart is it, he's has he done it before? Has he got it in his locker? But he delivered last night. He was absolutely solid. Um, but other than that, I really liked the team. It was like bringing back the experienced heads, um, yeah. tightening up that midfield because um, we needed to win the midfield battle last night. And it was just great to see that Chalibur was back on the bench as well after picking up those that injury and he missed the last couple of games because he's been instrumental for Watford, especially when he was taking over the captain's armband as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I don't know what we're doing to the players in these warm-ups, but there was another late, sub- uh, another late change on the bench. Ben Foster got injured in the warm-up, so Rob Elliott dropped to the bench. So, yeah, I'm not sure what, what they're doing to him, but perhaps How did maybe... he get injured? I have no idea, mate. I, I remember I went to the toilet, I come back, and my brother was like, oh, um, Rob Elliott's on the bench now. And I was like, what are they doing to him, man? Like, I have no idea. Um, but, I mean, going into the game, Ben, I think it's evident that every Watford fan, I wasn't expecting much because Norwich were coming in off the back of a 3-1 defeat to Bournemouth at home. Yes, they were promoted, but they if they'd have won that, they'd have won the title. So, and then B, we weren't expecting much ourselves because we'd just lost to our local rivals. And I think we just wanted to see an, an intense performance and sort of much more from the lads. And I tell you what, Ben, we didn't have to start. We we come flying out of the traps, didn't we? That that was like I was watching it and I was thinking, hang on a minute, is this the same Watford FC that played at Luton on Saturday? Because the intensity levels were just like it was just completely different, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, totally different. It was like if you was watching, like you said, if you was watching the Watford Luton game, um, you would have been confused to 
see how Watford actually turned up last night. They, they was totally different, totally different side, different mentality. I think that's what it is mainly. It's mentality. Yeah. We was just talking quickly before we started recording. I, feel, I felt like um, when, when Watford turned up to Luton, they was expecting to um, to roll them over and win. Whereas with Norwich, you know they're top of the table. You've got to go there with a stronger mentality. You, you know you're in for a tough fight. Um, and they actually turned up and showed their balls last night, didn't they? Um, Every man to their own. Um, Lots of high energy, the intensity, the high press from Watford. It was an aggressive start, and we could have been about 3-4-0 up within this first 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one player that stood out for me so early on, and um, he uh, was the eventual match winner, Dan Gosling. I mean... You know, he come in, he's he's been a bit of a bit part player so far. And, you know, it always, whenever he puts in a good performance, it always reminds me of when it was announced and people were moaning and saying, oh, what are we signing him for? But yeah. he was brilliant last night. I mean, seven minutes in, Cathcart put a cross in, by the way. It was so weird, by the way, seeing Cathcart at right back and then that link, the link of Cathcart <laughs> and Saar. Because you're so used to, when we push high up the pitch, You've got Feminia and Saar, who are both quick. So they can sort of overlap each other. But <laughs> it was so weird seeing Cathcart do that. And um, he put in a brilliant cross. And I don't think Gosling saw it till the last minute because he didn't have time to adjust his body or anything. And he headed over. And if he'd have put that on target, he, you know, if, if it was lower, he would have made the keeper work for it. And it probably would have gone in because of the positioning of Tim Krull. So, uh, but it went over. But, I mean, just a word on Gosling's performance yesterday overall, Ben. He was that's why we brought him in and that that's what he can bring to the sides, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely incredible. Bringing in the experienced heads and Gosling's one of them. Um, mm. it, it makes me laugh um seeing all the praise for Gosling last night. Like he fully deserves it. And but I think there was 90% of the Watford fan base that was very unhappy with Gosling um, mm-hmm. arriving, didn't want him at the club. Uh, you and me were very positive about the signing, saying this, look, when you're in a promotion uh, run, um, you're chasing to get promoted, you yeah. need to bring in these kind of players. Like we did with Ben Watson, we brought in Matt Connolly. Dan Gosling fits the mould and he's came in, he knows that he's not going to start every week because of the quality we've got in our midfield. He's got to be patient and when his opportunity comes, he's got to grab it with both hands. It's not started a game for absolutely ages. Um, I think it was a home game. I can't remember who it was against mm-hmm. um, about three, four weeks ago, probably before the international breaks. He's been overlooked by um, Carlos Sanchez. He's been getting a substitution appearance in, instead of him. So he's been sitting on the, the bench. He's just been training hard, keep working hard, um, waiting for his opportunity. And then last night he comes in and put in that performance. And it's like, he's putting that much of a good performance. It's, it's like, he it's like he's, he looks like he's been playing every single week, every single minute of the game. He was everywhere. He was a live way. He was getting involved. His um, high energy as well, it, very similar to Tom Cleverley. He was setting a tempo. Um, I'd be interested to see who actually covered the most miles last night out of Dan Gosling and Tom Cleverley because they, they was everywhere, all over us pitch and they helped boss that midfield last night and stopped Brendia and Pookie from getting anything yesterday. Yeah, I mean, um, the home game you were alluding to with Gosling, by the way, the, his last start was a Birmingham City game, which feels okay. like an eternity ago now. Um, but I think, what, it was in March sometime. So, yeah, he, um, he quite a few games ago. But I think something I want to pick up on what you said there, Ben, I think 
what what seemed to be key last night at the end of the game was how many of those experienced heads heads we brought in. You've got Cathcart, you've got Cleverly, you've got Gosling, you know. So you, you've got real experience all over the pitch, and they've been drafted in against the big boys of the league, basically. You know, they're they're on ninety one points. I think Norwich are now. Um, so you know that they, they're, they're no pushovers and. It, it, it just proved to be key and as you said the bringing cleverly and gosling back was absolutely brilliant um you know after that chance you know sar had another chance as uh, sar had a chance as well which just went wide uh, and then you know gosling had another chance 13 minutes and we we were really really smothering norwich at home like it's very it, it's great to get a, a victory against norwich and play well against them at, you know, if we were at home, but to do it in their own backyard, I know we've obviously got the best home record in the league, but they, you know, they've already been promoted. That sort of speaks volumes, and there's been a lot made about how we play against the, the, the top six so far this season. And I think yeah. um, we've we've won two games against the top six. I think Reading uh, is one of them, and uh, and Norwich earlier in the season, and then Norwich earlier in the season, and now we've we've won the third. So, you know. To, to play like we did against the big boys is, is absolutely brilliant. And to be honest, Ben, they had a couple of free kicks in the first half, but I don't think Norwich really troubled us in that first half. No, I just think they, they, they had a couple of shots from distance that was deflected and went wide for a corner. Mm. Uh, one looked like it was looping in over the top of Batman, but luckily ended on the top of the, the goal net. But um, that was it. We were restricting them from shots from distance. And I've said this before, that's what Watford do. Um, Sky even put up a stat during the game yesterday that Watford concede two and a half shots on target each game this season, which is the lowest in a championship. Because we restrict everyone from shooting outside the box. We don't let anyone get in behind to have an opportunity one-on-one. Mm. And, and from set pieces, we, we tend to clear everything that comes to us um, inside a six-yard box as well. So it's fantastic work with our defence this season. Um, we absolutely smothered um, Norwich. Like you said, I, I'd like to say we suffocated that midfield. We absolutely yes. stopped everything. Um, like Brendier, I, I spoke last week, I think he's the best player in the championship and he got an absolutely nothing out of the game last night. I think he had a couple of chances, but nothing to trouble the keeper really. Um, and then Cantwell keeping him quiet as well, a high, um, a highly rated, promising young talent who's performed well for Norwich this season. He didn't do anything either. Um, and then for Pukki, he's got 25 goals this season. Um, didn't score against Watford in a home leg. Didn't score against um, Watford in the away um, yesterday either. He didn't. I can't even recall him having a shot. Um, no. That's how well our defence actually performed against the so-called best in the league. Yeah, and it, it was so... I, I know I've said this a couple of times now, but it's so refreshing to see that first-half performance after what we had to watch on Saturday. Like, you know, yeah. you, you hear of... You know, I think cleverly come out after the Luton game and it was like, listen, we need to bounce back now. And you're sort of thinking, like, it's a typical thing for a footballer to say, you know, it's all well and good saying these things, we have to deliver. But my my word, that, that first half, they delivered for us. And I mean, you know, Gosling probably could have had about three or four in the first half. He had that double save yeah. from Tim Krul as well. I think Sema had the original shot. It was uh, He could only parry it and then Saar with the follow-up. Really good double save, that. Very good double save, but I, if if I'm being really really harsh and nitpicking, I would have said that I would have thought Sar would have gone the other side of the goal as opposed to near post. But nonetheless, brilliant save I from think Tim he, Krull. I don't, 
I've watched it back this morning. Uh, it looks like he attempted to, but it actually took a little nick off the defender. Yeah. The defender slid in, so maybe that changed the direction of the ball, whereas then it was a bit easier for Tim Krul to save. But I just want to say, I think Tim Krul's been absolutely outstanding for Notch this season, and yeah. I think he's probably the best goalkeeper in the Championship. And we, we saw why yesterday. It, it was save after save. He kept them in the game. If it wasn't for Tim Krul being in the Notch goal, we would have ran away with that game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the reverse fixture at the Vic, they had McGovern in goal, who's a Northern Irish goalkeeper. And, um, I mean, it, it would have been interesting to see if he was in goal last night, what the score would have been. But I vaguely remember, I think the second tier podcast might have said that they thought Tim Krull was the best keeper like earlier in the season. And I, I, I very strongly disagreed at the time, but I, I have to sort of eat eat my humble pie a little bit and, and sort of I say, I think okay. he's a very solid goalkeeper. You don't really see yeah. mistakes come out of him. Whereas uh, I, I saw, I saw the same tweet as you from a second tier podcast and a lot of Watford fans was on it saying, no, nah, Ben Foster's the best goalkeeper. And, that, and we're going to back our goalkeeper, aren't we? But yeah. he, he's brought a lot of mistakes into his game this season. Whereas Tim Crow has been very consistent and he's kept a lot of clean sheets. Yes, Watford have kept 20 clean sheets this season, but that's testament to the defence because we've, we've, changed our goalkeeper halfway through the season due to an injury to Ben Foster. So that's probably like 10 clean sheets to Batman, 10 to Ben Foster. And then Tim Cruz probably got about 18 clean sheets for himself this season. So it just, it just shows why Tim Cruz probably is the best keeper in the, the championship. Yeah. And I mean, in that first half as well, just to, just to touch on the, um, the unluckiness of Dan Gosling, you mentioned there, I think, Norwich had a deflected chance, which just crept over the bar. I mean, to be honest, I when I first saw it, I thought it had gone in, but it had hit off yeah. Dan Gosling. And I said to my brother, I said, wouldn't it be bloody typical if he looped over and it was a Gosling goal after he's absolutely peppered the goal in the first half. But luckily, that wasn't the case. Uh, Dan Gosling, <laughs> by the way, has got 12 clean sheets this season uh, and conceded, he's made 21 appearances, conceded 11, and has 12 clean sheets. So that is some Dan, going. Dan Batman? Yeah. Oh, you said Dan Gosling. <laughs> oh, Dan, Dan Batman. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, he's done pretty well in goal. Yeah. I didn't even notice he's that yeah. good. <laughs> uh, but at half-time, Brilliant. The, um, the, we, we went in nil-nil, and we, we looked really, really good. So 49.8% of possession for Norwich, 502 for us, 12 shots on goal for Watford, three on target, eight shots for Norwich, one on target, eight corners for Watford, four for Norwich, and then 206 passes to 221 for Watford. Um, and we did pick up a yellow card as well. But 12 shots on, on, on goal, I know only three of them were were on target, but we were, we were you know, having more chances and creating more chances than we did against Luton. I think the last time I recall us having 12 chances away from home was probably that Blackburn game. Uh, and I think that was for the whole game, let alone in the first half. So that probably spoke volumes as to how on top we were. But going into the second half, then, obviously, it's obvious to say the aim and the objective would have been to get that goal and then keep that performance going. But as as Watford fans, we know it doesn't quite work like that. We can sometimes have the best half in our life and then come out in the second half and look a bit sluggish. But I tell you what, Ben, we we just went from strength to strength, didn't we? We, I, I mean, Norwich probably grew into the game a little bit as the game went on, but we really, we really did restrict them to absolutely zilch, and we just went from strength to strength. And then on the fifty seventh minute, João Pedro, who's been doubted for so long, and yes, he's not scored, but he's he's put a 
brilliant ball. He's put it on a plate for Gosling. And then yeah. Gosling's finally got his just rewards and he's, he's put us one up with, with 57 minutes on the clock. And it, it was well-deserved. I don't think anyone can say any different. Yeah, no, not at all. And yeah, special mention to Jal Pedro. That was a wonderful ball with his left foot to play in behind the uh, Norwich defence. And there was Gosling. He timed his run perfectly. I thought there might have been a hint of offside when it went in. I went to the yeah. like, oh, oh, please don't put your flag up. But luckily it stayed down. And to see the celebrations after that went in, everyone running over, jumping on top of Gosling. And because he ran towards the camera as well, you could hear all the Watford players, what they were saying to him as well. And it, it was great to see the togetherness of a squad and seeing how happy they were for Gosling that it went in because he really deserved that after that performance yesterday. But I, I think it was it, it was coming, wasn't it? Yeah. If the goal was coming, Watford came out, fast out the blocks again, um, which... I probably didn't think we would do second half. Like you said, mm-hmm. sometimes we're putting a really good first half performance and second half, we, we tend to struggle. But yesterday, we just carried on like there wasn't a half-time at all. Um, you would have thought maybe energy levels would have dropped because we, we gave absolutely everything in the first half, but it didn't. It carried on. If anything, confidence grew in the second half and we, we looked even better than the first half at times. Um, but um, for the goal, it looked like it was Tom Cleverley who put pressure on the Norwich defenders. He kicked it straight to Joel Pedro and then he played the ball in. So it's another example of what Tom Cleverley does on and off the ball. Yeah, we've, we've, we've touched on this before, Ben, various times on podcasts. The pressing, the energy and the determination from Tom Cleverley. You'd think he was like a young lad who was eager to impress, but... Like he's he's not getting any younger. I'm sure you know it's it's fair to say that he's he's a little bit of a veteran of the game because you know yeah. because of his age. But the the energy he shows and it's probably been we we've luckily we've been all right without him. You know, uh, Chalaber's been brilliant. Hughes has been brilliant. You know, we've Zinkenagel's really really slotted into the team as well. But like Cleverly's just picked up where he's left off. And we've seen Cleverly chase that high ball. We've seen him press and everything. And like you said, that's come from Cleverly pressing that ass. And it was massive. And you, you mentioned about you sort of delaying your celebration a bit. I, I just, I went absolutely ballistic when that goal went in. <laughs> and I'm sort of thinking now, if we do go up, I'm going to have to sort of maybe delay my celebrations because we've got a bloody VAR again. Um, no, no. So, yeah, not Just not quickly on Tom. Just quickly on Tom Cleverley as well. I just, I think we should dedicate a little bit to the show for him because he he was that good last night. Last night just showed how much we missed him. Um, yeah, he he was immense, wasn't he? Um, he, he, was. he gave a real captain's performance once again and led by example. He set the tempo and and he's done it in every game he's played this season. Even under Ivic, when things weren't going great, there was Tom Cleverley pulling up his sleeves, trying to get the boys going, trying to set a tempo and trying to get us over the line to get three points. I just thought he was incredible yesterday. Everywhere on the pitch, getting stuck in, breaking up play. And what I really liked about him as well, we knew knew that going into the game, Kiko wasn't playing. We knew Saar was maybe... He wouldn't maybe get the support from Crave Cathcart, but he, mm-hmm. when he wasn't getting support from Crave Cathcart, Tom Cleverley was always over on the right-hand side yeah. supporting um, Ismail Saar. And I think that really helped Ismail Saar. And that's probably why Sky gave the uh, Man of the Match award to Saar because he was so effective. But that, again, that's down to the desire and work rate from Tom Cleverley from playing in the midfield free, but he was actually filling in as a, a right wing back at times just to support Ismail Saar. And I just thought it was incredible. 
Yeah, and, 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 and if he didn't pick up that little niggly injury, uh, he you could throw him in the hatful player of the season because he's been that good. I was just going to say that he he's going to really bring some headaches to people that will vote for player of the season because Kiko, you know, Kiko's been immense and cleverly when he's been in the team, he's he's been nothing short of immense as well. And, you know, he, he knows what it's like to, to play your trade in this division. And as you say, the, the amount of space that Saar had at times yesterday, I, I could not believe the amount of space that Saar had at times. Like the, He's the fastest player in the championship. I think that's fair to say. And yeah. I know they had their second choice left back, Kintia, I think it was. And he just yeah. could not deal with Saar. And um, I mean, we've we've gone past it. But I mean, um, I've just remembered now that they had that penalty shout in the first half. And I mean, I thought it was a penalty. Um, yeah, seen but, them given. Yeah, exactly. But I just couldn't believe the amount of space they were giving to him. And, and Cleverly was... was passing every time to Saar in that space and I think he's he's we know what he's he's capable of Ben the experience he brings to that dressing room not just on the pitch off the pitch like he he's stepped up as captain this season as well you can see why and it's just brilliant to have those options you know the fact that he's he's picked up that injury some would say that he, he might have had an argument to come straight back in but I think it's testament to the defence uh, the midfield sorry that We've got options like Cleverly that we can bring off the bench. So, yeah, I think he's been absolutely immense. And, and definitely, you know, if, if he did played every game and not picked up that injury, I think he would have been uh, player of the season. But he's um, if he puts in more performances like that for the remaining three games we got left now, um, then, you know, yeah, I- he's, he's going to be he's going to be brilliant. I think he'll be in contention still, even though that yeah. he missed those um, few games. I think it's probably out of three players at the moment. Um, I think Kiko's definitely up there. But for, for me, Kiko, it's number-wise. I don't think he's got as many assists as what I would probably want out of Kiko this season. Uh, yeah. He's been phenomenal. He's, he's, he's helped out Saar. But I think number-wise is maybe why I wouldn't maybe give it to... Kiko. Uh, Tom Cleverly is definitely out there as well. Oh, I'm going through another one in. Nathaniel Chalabar and then yeah. Francisco Sirielta as well. I know he's only played half a season, but that impact he's given for the half a season has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, he, he really, really has. And it's um, it's it's been absolutely brilliant to see. Kiko Femenia, by the way, four assists this season in 36 games. So, um, yeah, you know, for for a right wing back, you, you'll take it, and he has been. Yeah, brilliant. it's not it's it's not bad. I, I just I, I just always want more out of my players, and I, oh, I, yeah. I just want I just want I want his numbers to be higher. But it it's been so consistent this season as well. I think last week was his worst game for us this season. Yeah, and and that's probably why I'm a bit yeah. hesitant on giving him player of the season after <laughs> last week because he, he was so poor last week as well, and yeah. I, and him getting sent off that silly yellow card the push when he was going nowhere and then knowing that we was going to Norwich where it was pretty much make or break if we if we lost last night and I know results went our way but let's talk if Brentford won and mm-hmm. Kiko wasn't in the side that would have really dented us last night so yeah. I think that's probably why I'm a little bit negative towards Kiko um, over the last few days <laughs> well I think he's back for Millwall on Saturday so who knows the rest might have done him good but um, yeah. you, you know I, I, I think it might be a bit, I know Cathcart's not a natural right back but I feel a bit sorry for him because that's twice now he's come into the team first against Reading 
and he was brilliant when he come on netting. And I thought he was absolutely superb last night as well, considering he's not Solid. a right back. He he just again an experienced player that knows how to play straight in the championship. So it was uh, it was really good to see. Um, you talked about Chalaber a minute ago, Ben. 70 minutes on the clock, we made our first double sub. Andre Gray coming on for Jao Pedro and Chalaber coming on for Gosling. Obviously, we've talked about how good Gos was, um, how you know how well Pedro did for that goal. And I thought Pedro, I think he looks better out wide than he does up front in the middle. Uh, and and that's my personal opinion. Um, some people may think I'm chatting absolute bollocks there, but I think you know out wide he, he recovered the ball so well yesterday, and there was a couple of times he beat his men, and maybe the final pass wasn't there, and it is a bit frustrating. But I think he's better out wide than he is through the middle up top. Um, Andre Gray, come on, did did all right. Probably should have done better with that one-on-one he had. Uh, should have pulled the trigger earlier. It looked like he was trying to be too clever and take it round the keeper and slot it in. But I want to talk about Chalabar. He, he had 20 minutes to do something and I thought he was absolutely superb. It, it was, again, like he'd never stopped playing, like he'd never had that injury or anything. He, he come on and he controlled the game brilliantly. Tell you how good Chalabar was yesterday. We've just spoke very highly of... Um... Dan Goslin and said how how incredible he was. Yeah, you didn't notice that we just made the substitution because we Chalaber came on and he kept that standard straight away to hit the ground running straight away. He kept up to Dan Goslin's standard. He didn't let it drop. It didn't go down at all, and he just remained at that level. And it was just, just incredible. And it's just what you needed. Sometimes when you make substitutions, levels drop and that, but it, it was exactly the same, if not maybe a little bit more because of the, the fresh legs as well. And that ball through to Andre Gray was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a shame he, he couldn't put it in the back of the net. I mean, you know, at the start of the season, I was getting really peed off with Andre Gray, as, as was the rest of the um, team. But I don't know whether it's a team togetherness now, but I I am sort of hoping yeah. that he scores. I am sort of hoping that he, he gets a chance and puts it in the back of the net. But yeah, probably should have done I a little bit better. what it is with Andre Gray, you can see that he's trying. Um, yeah. It's... It, I know this might sound harsh if he's listening back to this. I doubt he is listening back to this. And he's like, well, I try every week. But it's the effort and the tryingness and the willingness that he's actually showing now. Mm -hmm. He's showing a bit of passion. And the work he does off the ball as well. I've said this before. Everything he does off the ball and on the ball prior to shooting in front of a goal is absolutely magnificent. And he brings a lot to this Watford side. It's just the shooting side of it hasn't been to what we wanted for an £18 million striker when we signed him off Burnley. But with confidence, um, it's going to grow. And I think I said last night that he's got three goals in his last eight games. And for Andre Gray, that's not too bad of a rating considering those appearances he's getting 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw a stat on, I think it was one of the podcast, championship podcasts, Andre Gray has got the second best yes. shot accuracy in the championship. That's because he's only playing 15, 20 minutes here and there. Mm, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you're spot on to highlight that. He, you can tell that he's trying now. His body language isn't like, you know, oh, sod this. Like, if I score, yeah. I score. If I don't, I don't. He, he is trying now. And he, he's. you can see that togetherness with the team as well. I think he, um, he put on his Instagram story last night, you know, and it's little things like that, you know, posting on your Instagram, like everything like that and uh, the video think, at the end. And yeah. 
I think also what's a massive weight weight off his shoulder was obviously him sitting down and having that conversation with the Watford media team. Yes, it didn't come across great at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and it was not not on um, Andre Gray's part. It was on uh, Richard Walker, the Watford interviewee. Um, mm-hmm. He was the one asking the questions and he referenced him in the same breath as Luther Blissett, which you don't do. Um, no. But the way Andre Gray dealt with that interview, he got a lot of things off his chest. And I felt like the weight's been lifted off his shoulder since then. And since then, his performances have scored better. He has scored goals. He's getting in the right areas. He will score again this season before the season's over. I know there's only three games left, but I actually have faith in Andre Gray now, whereas at the start of the season, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you had him to, in the team prediction we do, thanks to the FanHub app, um, you predicted Gray to start last night, didn't you, Ben? Yeah, I did. I just thought, I liked, again, I liked what I saw when he came off the bench yesterday. Mm-hmm. And with you saying about how you feel about Jal Pedro, you think he's better out on the wing. I totally agree. That's why I chose for Andre, Andre Gray to play down in the middle because Jal Pedro, he looks like he's he's more effective when he's maybe in the number 10 role or he's on either flank as well, where he's got a bit more freedom. He's going to get the ball to his feet more, where he can actually drive with the ball, take on his man, show a bit of trickery. And we've not really seen that when he's through the, playing through the middle. He's done a fantastic job leading the line for Watford this season for a 19-year-old for his first season in Brazil. We should do like a Joe Pedro uh, bingo card for every time I talk <laughs> about him. Um, but um, yeah, he's done absolutely brilliant. But there's he, lately, his performances hasn't been to the same level, same standard. He's probably not happy with his performances either. And I feel like at the moment, the ball's just getting hit long to him. He can hold the ball up. He does it very well. But he's, we're not seeing the best out of Jal Pedro. And when we saw those little glimpses of him out wide yesterday, I think that's when we can see the best out of him. That's why I opted for Andre Gray through the middle last night. Yeah, I, I really, really hope Pedro gets his 10th goal because he's stuck on nine. And like that stiff stuff oh, like yeah. that really, really bugs me, man. I, I just want to see him get to 10. Um you reckon he's Double got, figures, you, yeah. Exactly. You reckon Andre Gray is going to score again this season. I'm calling it now. Joe Pedro is going to score on Saturday. So, yeah, there we have it. Um, there was a, a bit of a scramble in the box, uh, 79th minute, which uh, luckily ended up with Backman, you know, and again, probably highlights how quiet we kept Norwich, which is crazy to think that they're, you know, close to winning the title, although we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um 83rd minute on the clock, there was another double switch. We saw Christian Cabaselli come back into the uh, into the squad. He come on for Craig Cathcart and then Zinkenagel come on for uh, probably an absolutely shattered Tom Cleverley. Um, how good was it to see? I mean, I instantly had flashbacks to when we played Norwich last and uh, Cabaselli got sent off because Norwich yeah. was shooting <laughs> that way as well um, when, when yeah. he got sent off. But how good was it to see him come back on? I mean, albeit it was you know what it was it was 14 minutes in the end because of the stupid amount of injury time that was added on but how good was it to see him back back on the pitch bed oh fantastic to see him back he's the life and soul of Watford behind the scenes isn't he he's yeah. the Watford Twitter king as well um, very funny guy um, I, I loved the last year with his um, lockdown video of him doing a slight tackle on his son <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic saying that he got the ball but he completely took him out um, but yeah great to see him back it's been a long time for him to come back and get into the Watford side we've got to remember he, he got injured the game before the Norwich game um, that's when 
um, Sirioto came into the side and took his spot. And he's had to be patient because Sirioto has been so good. He's not he's not came back in to get his spot back. Um, and that's what what happens with um, competition in this Watford squad at the moment with the defenders. They're all playing at a higher level. Another mm. special mention as well, Truce Econ. A lot of talk, a lot of negative talk of Truce Econ lately. Um, yesterday, he was superb again yesterday. Passing yep. was back to what it was um, the last few games as well. Um, really good. I think, if anything, Sirielta was a little sloppy on the, on the ball yesterday, but Truce Econ was fantastic yesterday and that was a leadership we wanted to see. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. And then, <laughs> I mean, 1-0 is never a safe score with Watford. Like, it makes the heart absolutely race. And I tweeted on the 80th minute, I says, here come the longest 10 minutes of your life. And that was before <laughs> I knew that the ref was going to add on seven minutes. Um, I mean, also as well, with the ref stuff, it really does my head in. They changed the referee last minute and it makes us look like we don't know what we're talking about when we put the stat packs out because it was meant to be Tony Harrington that was doing the game. And then when Tim Robinson come on the pitch, I thought, for God's sake, they've done this. They've done this before this season. And um, it, Tony Harrington must have just been completely pulled off the game because he wasn't even fourth official. But um, there was a few fouls which should have been fouls which weren't given and I think we got away with a few decisions as well uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tom, Tim Robinson next season to be honest and I know this isn't a referees podcast but I would imagine that him and Tony Harrington are in line for a promotion uh, from the select group two to the Premier League so uh, don't be surprised if we see them next season providing we go up but seven minutes one nil like my heart was absolutely racing I just thought like why put me through this why um we watched the I, Sky I swear game. they do it on purpose, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they, they must do it on purpose. <laughs> um, we, Me and my brother watched the Sky games on Sky Go because we don't actually have Sky Sports here. And um, it, it turned out that we were exactly one minute behind. Um, we, Me and my brother have this strict rule. When we're watching any match, because we always watch it on the laptop and then plug it into the TV, whatever, um, we, we turn turn our phones upside down if we've got them out so no messages can come through to say there's been a goal or something's happened because uh, my old man we're in a group chat with me my sister and my old man and um he's always ahead because he's obviously watching sky on the tv so we we had our phones away and we don't bring the phones out even to check other scores we just say right no phones and I said to my brother yesterday I said Cam I says I'm gonna have to I says I can't sit here knowing we are sitting <laughs> on a 1-0 lead with seven minutes ago. And I says, I won't say if anything happens. I says, and then like there were substitutions. There was yellow cards. I says, can I tell you about yellow cards? I was like, can I tell you about substitutions? And then when when it come up on the phone that it had finished, I just belted out this massive roar. Like, it, I, I cannot get over how big that win was. I mean, I think James alluded to it last week on the pod. In these last four games, I think we'd allocated a defeat, but it wasn't coming to loot and it was probably going to be against Norwich. We've had that defeat now and then we've gone and beat Norwich. So it's the exact opposite of what we thought. But I mean, I'll just read out the stats at full time here. I mean, this is unbelievable reading this. 52% possession for Norwich, 47 for Watford. 14 shots in total for Norwich, two on target. 23 shots for Watford in total. Granted, only five of them were on uh, target. That's like, 
That's like that Arsenal game when we played them at home in the Premier League, <laughs> weren't it? We, yeah. We, uh, Kiko's first game back and it, we absolutely dominated. Wow, 23 shots. Wow. Yeah, I think that Arsenal game, we had 30, 30 salute shots and that's the most shots they've ever faced or something. But yeah, 23 yeah, shots. Yeah, set a record. That's it. Yeah. Um, 13 corners for Watford. That Again, that sounds ridiculous. Um, five for Norwich. And then 350 passes for us, 422 for Norwich. A few yellow cards as well. So if you like yellow, if you like your yellow cards and corners bets, then um, I hope you jumped on the, the game last night because there was four for Watford and three for Norwich. But I mean, I know we've just spoken about it, Ben. But I mean, if we if we win on Saturday now, we're up, like regardless of other results, because of results that went our way last night. Last night was, again, a perfect example of everything going our way. We won. QPR won. That's the only time I'll ever be happy for QPR winning. And then Brentford got held to a 1-1 draw. Absolutely superb night overall, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it couldn't have gone any better, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing. I've just finished yeah. watching back the highlights of when a full-time whistle goes and to see the joy of everyone. Andre Gray clifting his fists and nearly um, doing a knee slide on the floor. Um, the reaction from Goslin, all the staff, um, Tom Cleverley, um, Hungbo, Ben Foster, who wasn't he, he, like you said, he was taken off because he was injured. He's on the bench still absolutely giving it the big one as well. Um Fantastic. I called it before the, uh, the, all the game started. I said to you in, p- privately, I said, QPR will beat Swansea tonight. QPR on a good runner form. Swansea don't look great and they'll get a result tonight because you was like, they're not going to drop points again. I was like, don't <laughs> worry, they will, they will. And then Brentford again, they slips up once again. Brentford bottle it every season in the playoffs, don't they? Or if yeah. they're in a good position, automatic, and then they absolutely crumble last five, ten games of a season. Um, I don't know why we was all sweating. I don't know why the host of this um, podcast was looking for odds um, with our other <laughs> mate on um, the best odds on uh, what the dog getting promoted. I, I don't know. I don't know who that host is, uh, Mike Duffy. No, no. Uh, but yeah. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. I, I've not woken up in such a good mood for so long. The sun's shining. Watford are on the verge of promotion, just takes one more win. I don't even think it'd be one more win because I can see the other teams slipping up as well. No, but let's, let's get it over and yeah. done with. Let's get it over and done with on Saturday. We'll pick up a win. I think we're both recording this pod, the new podcast, Saturday evening. We'll both have some drinks to celebrate on air. And yeah, EIEIO up the football league we go. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's as you say, Ben, you've perfectly summed that up. I mean, when the news come about, I, I was um, after the game because I think Swansea kicked off at seven o'clock, I think it was. So they still had time to play. And I was in my room after the game and um, I was looking at the stats. I obviously couldn't watch the Swansea game because it wasn't on TV. And the stats were heavily in QPR's favour. So I screenshotted the stats, sent it to the family WhatsApp group, and I says, "You just know Swansea are going to come out with a with a win here uh, against all odds." It's in the toilet, and I just hear this massive shout come from my brother's room, and he's gone, "QPR have scored!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" And then like it come up on Soccer Saturday, it was like Lyndon Dyke scored in the 90th minute. I could not believe my luck, and I just thought. Like again, how many times this season have we won and the others have dropped points? And it just makes it so, so good. Mental. And you talk about the scenes at the end of the final whistle there. Watford put out a video 
and you, they're all hugging, they're all, vamos, come on. And then Freed from Desire was playing in the changing room and it was, oi, 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 oi. And like, even though we're not there. Oh, I haven't you, watched you, that yet. Oh, mate, watch the video. It's on the what for Twitter. But even though we're not there, it just feels like this togetherness is absolutely brilliant. Um, but an absolutely massive win. It's just like, I, 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 like you've said, it, if 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 only I had the day off today, because that would have rounded it off. I mean, I've got a bloody start work at uh, half nine, so perhaps not the perfect day. But in terms of waking up, as you say, the sun's shining, three points on the board, a win on Saturday against Millwall. We're at home, so we should see it through. And like that podcast, as Ben said, by the way, it's it's going to be recorded on Saturday, not Sunday morning. I've, I've got a feeling I'll have a little bit of a sore head on Sunday morning, but. That the drinks will be flowing. Me and Ben will be hopefully in high spirits on Saturday. We cannot, cannot wait. Um, it, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we're going to go to a very quick ad break and then we'll be back with the questions that you guys have sent in. And then just a little bit of transfer news as well because we've, um, we've had some transfer news as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll go to a short ad break. We will speak to you shortly. <laughs> Voices of the Vic is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off now and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Manscaped has just launched in the UK, and we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ever ball trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Yeah, um, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof as well, so it allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by just USB. So if you're listening right now, I want you to experience that firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to the touch clean. It's 20% off plus free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Make your testies your besties <laughs> get 20% off at and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you welcome back to the voices of Vic thanks for uh, thanks for staying with us we've 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 absolutely loved this podcast so far um We've, as always, been sent in questions by the by you guys. We again I'd sound like a bit of a broken record here. Thanks, as always, to sending them through. Just before we do that, it's it's not much news here that uh, Ben's been able to to gather, but it's still news. Um, so 
Firstly, on that game, Watford have won four consecutive league games against Norwich for the first time. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, that was we've we've done the double over the the, the league leaders, which is brilliant. And then um, we've also just done a little bit of transfer news. You may have seen Ben tweet this on on the podcast account. We've been linked with Cole Darlow, and he's available for six million. Now, when we tweeted that. I saw someone allude that six million for a goalkeeper is quite a lot of money. Um, like considering he might not be first choice, etc. Um, somebody then commented saying that the reports are suggesting that it will be paid over a certain amount of time, so he wouldn't be paying the six million out straight away. But he's played twenty six times this season for Newcastle and he's kept four clean sheets. Would you see this, Ben, if it was to happen? Would you see this as he's coming in as first choice or would you see this as he's coming in to provide competition and then we give Dan Backman a chance? Because after all, Backman has been superb this season. I think he would come in for the potential of being our number one goalkeeper, but I think they would respect Dan Backman and give him the start of the season. Um, Cardo is 30 years of age, so he's got oh, wow. he's a good age to come in. I think he's, he's probably a decent... Um, goalkeeper in the Premier League as well. I know he was very yeah. good in the Championship for Nottingham Forest and that's why he got the big move to Newcastle um, and when, when called upon he's been quite good but Newcastle got Debrafka haven't they and he's another good goalkeeper as well. Yeah, so classy, I, I do like the look of his signing um, if, if it does go ahead because Tom Clevy what is he about 30 no uh, Ben Foster is about 38 now. He's getting to the end of his career. Is he going to be at what for next season? He's, he's not played for the rest of this season, has he? So maybe he might look to go elsewhere to play football for his um, last season or is he actually retiring at the end of the season? We don't know, sir. Who knows? I think it is sensible to be looking uh, at another goalkeeper. I know we've still got Pontus uh, Dahlberg as well, who's out on loan in Sweden. So it'd be interesting to see if he comes back. I know a lot of Watford fans want to give him the number one jersey. But yeah, I think it, it would just add competition. Um, I don't think Rob Elliott would be here next season. No. Um, so yeah, it will be good to get him in. Let's see what happens. Yeah, and you saying that he's 30 now has made me feel really old because I remember Cole Darlow coming through the ranks and I remember him at Nottingham Forest as a, a promising youngster. So to hear that he's 30 now, I'm like, wow, OK. Um, so, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see him come, if that if that one is true. I mean, at, at times, you know, when he was younger, there was talk of him even maybe getting called up for England. So, you know, he's a decent goalkeeper and we'll absolutely take it. Um Let's move on. To I've, the... I've also seen. I know. I have. I. I know. I haven't given you this one. I haven't written it down. I didn't have time to write it down. But I've actually yeah. seen reports over the last day or so that Watford have actually reached an agreement with Ashley Young. Oh, um, okay. Possibly could be signing a two-year, a, a one-year contract with a possible extension of a one-year. Um, that was reports over in Italy. Um, I haven't um, sent you the information, um, so apologies for that, Mike. Um, but right. yeah, I saw it and it, I totally flipped my mind. So yeah, so that looks like and and it was all coming down to if Watford got promoted as well. So it yeah. looks like there is a possible return of Ashley Young looking even stronger now. Yeah, so maybe we'll see if we win on Saturday and get promoted, we'll see a video of Ashley Young jumping around in next season's kit in his home in Italy as the announcement video. I think that <laughs> needs to happen, by the way. If any Watford officials are listening, that needs to happen. Um, it also be interesting to see what if that like if because I think Inter Milan are one of the teams in the Super League. And they've not pulled out yet. So it'd be interesting to see because there's there's a lot of stuff made about their contracts and everything. So it, it'll be interesting to see if that plays a part in it. Really. He's, out of, 
he's out of contract there in the end of the season. Oh, okay. And I think because he's out of contract, clubs from abroad can negotiate a deal with yeah. him now, just like what happens over in England. If like some one of our players was out of contract at the end of the season, they would be able to negotiate with like into Milan. So mm-hmm. we we I think we can do that already now. So who knows if we get promoted and it's all sealed on um Saturday, maybe but they'll um sign the paperwork off and all that and then he's agreed in principle to come to Watford at the end of the season. Who knows? It, it's exciting. It is exciting. It is very exciting. Like Saturday's gonna take an age to come round. I mean it's Wednesday now, so yeah, not too long in in, in theory. Um let's jump to the questions. We've we've only had a few but still one question's better than none. Um, firstly, my old man's gloating. He said, did anyone get the score prediction correct yesterday? He said that we'd win 1-0, but he did say that Ken Semmer would score in the seventh minute. Uh, but he did say that we'd be left hanging and like our hearts would be racing. So we got that bit right as well. Uh, so, yeah, fair play. You know, you've won. You, you, you got it right. Um, Chris Bone said, how deep is the pond? And um, you very eloquently replied with the emoji of the guy jumping in the the, the, the bathtub. Yeah, I don't I think there was another tweet last night surfacing of uh, the mayor put a gif of Adam Messina out when he was asked about how many we can fit the pond, uh, fit in the ponds. And um apparently according to another source where I've heard this, I can't remember where I've heard this, but somebody was seen in the ponds the other week cleaning it, like all the algae out and everything. So watch this space. Um and then, that's what Watford Mayor came out. Uh, Peter Taylor, is it? Um, he yeah, actually right. replied back to um, WD18. They tweeted something about a week ago, and I think he came back with a response of, "I better click, start cleaning the, the pond out." Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I remember when we went up in fourteen, fifteen. Me and you were round by the pond. We didn't go in, but I think I've got a video on my phone um, or on my Facebook where um, we people went into the pond. I'll try and find it and put it on the um, the, the Twitter account and hopefully there'll be similar scenes soon. Um, James Hurst has asked us, what's your go-to Tesco meal deal? And he's asked us, do you think the title is still possible for us? Um, go with the meal deal first, Ben. I want to know your ideal meal deal. Um, uh, <laughs> chicken club sandwich. Okay. Uh, with cheese and onion crisps. Right. And a full fat bottle of Coke. Oh, liking that. I am liking that. Um, For me, probably just cheese ready salted and a bottle of water. No, I'm joking. Uh, the, uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I will probably go uh, chicken You're BMT mayo. all over, aren't you? No, I, um, I, I don't like salad. Um I, I cannot eat any salad whatsoever. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, so I'll probably go chicken mayo. And then I don't know, are McCoy's part of the Tesco meal deal? They are for this question, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Flaming grilled steak McCoy's. That is a tough wow, toss-up between... Wow, what, what a choice. It's a tough toss-up between them and the cheese and onion ones. Uh, and then for drink... Uh, it's a shame they don't do beer as part of the meal deal, isn't it? But um, ooh. <laughs> drink, let's go. Do you know what? For drink, Ribena. Full fat Ribena, not this light blue one. The, the light Ribena is disgusting. I love a Ribena. I think at one stage I was drinking that many. My old manager used to say, if you drink too many of them, you'll turn purple. So, um, so yeah. 
<laughs> that's my Tesco meal deal. On to the more serious question, Ben. Do you think the title is still within our reach? Because Norwich, let me tell you their next their last three games. QPR, Reading, and I've made myself look like a bit of an idiot because I can't remember who the third one's against, but I can assure you it's against someone half decent. <laughs> Um, we're five points behind um, three games to play I, w- I would love to say yes I, I I don't think so I think is it a win they, they need um, um, well there's there's how many games left there's three now five points behind let's say they win the next one and we lose the next one there'll be eight points behind two games left six points so yeah they um, they will a win for the next game they they would have to win. We need to keep better in their results. Basically, yeah. If they win against QPR at the weekends, if we lose, then they've won the title. So their next three, by the way, is QPR away, um, Reading at home, and then Bar- uh, Barnsley away. So they're pretty. They're I was going to swear. Oh they're, wow. They're pretty tough fixtures they are. And they've just lost back to back now for the first time this season, I think, as well. Back to back home games as well. Um, so. Pressure's on them. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe they're feeling a bit of pressure at Watford are creeping up behind. I would absolutely love it. Um, I, I'm turning into Kevin Keegan. I would love it <laughs> if we beat them. Yeah, I would really. love it if yeah. we, we win the title. Um, yeah, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? It it really, really would. Like, uh, that, that Let's have something to play for on the last game of the season against Swansea. Let's win the fucking title. <laughs> oh, mate, that would be absolutely classic if we did. If they lose and we win on Saturday, then we're two points behind. Oh, my God, no. I I, I can't I can't put myself through this. I, I just want to get... I'm not going to be having title. to sleep tonight, no. I know, yeah. I just want to get promotion wrapped up. Um, James, if in answer to your question... If Norwich lose against QPR and we beat Millwall, then yeah, fuck it, why not? We'll win the title. But if they don't, <laughs> then if they win against QPR and we win on Saturday, then no, it's not happening because we will need five points from those last two games and we'd need them to slip up further. Um, I'd love it though. It's just purely... a shame we fucked up at Luton last week because yeah. we could have been two points behind him. Exactly. And obviously, I, I want that title because of what happened in 14 15. Like we, we blew it then as well. So, um, but listen, as long as we get promotion, I don't give a shit how we go up. Whether we win the title second, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take it. I will take it all day. Um, we've had a few questions on Instagram as well. So thanks for sending these guys in, uh, sending these questions in, guys. Um, Chris tr- underscore trying underscore two run has said, do you think Pedro up front all by himself works? I don't. Now, I think we've touched on this. I personally don't think he'd work up top on his own. And I think you said the same, didn't you, Ben? Yeah, I think he needs to be number 10 roller out on the flanks. Mm. Um, Adam St. Clair says, what pub are we celebrating at? Now, I did... My brother asked me this last night. He said, if we win on Saturday, are you going down to Watford? And I was like, I'm not sure I'll go down to Watford just yet. Because the problem is, we can only sit outside and drink. The, the rule of going inside pubs is not till the 17th of May, which is after the season has finished, because the last game of the season is at half 12 on the 8th of May. So I'm sort of, I'm umming and ahhing whether to go down after the Swansea game at home. 
Um, so I might make an appearance in Watford after the Swansea game. I won't be making an appearance this Saturday because we'll have to record the pod. So, um, yeah, but um, maybe after the Swansea game, I'll, I'll go down to the, the, the pub. But um, if it was where what pub, it would always be walkabout for me and Ben. That's our pre-match ritual. We always meet in walkabout. Uh, but we'll be celebrating, yeah. hopefully on Saturday, by recording the podcast in our homes, won't we, Ben? Yeah, and it'll be a much-deserved um, drink as well because I'm looking after my little girl all day as well because my missus <laughs> is out. So I'm gonna, we're going to be watching the Watford game together. Actually, when she woke up this morning, I said Watford are going up. The, the smile on her face, she ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. But she, <laughs> the, the smile that is like, yeah, all right then, Dad. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I felt sorry for her. She came into this world where we've had the pandemic. Watford got relegated to a Prem. Mm. And now uh, from a Prem, and now we're on the return back to a Prem as well. It's like we've never been away. So she won't have to ever know that we was ever in the Championship. Good thinking, Ben. I really like that thinking. Hammy P says, yeah. was it ever in doubt? Well, yeah, uh, they've certainly put us well, through we've the motion. it for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as Ben thankfully pointed out, I uh, I was half thinking about putting a few bob on us to, to bottle it. But um, yeah, uh, Rudy, I, th- I think we've answered this question from Rudy Clark Johnson. What are your pre- uh, celebration plans if we go up? Uh, as I say, Rudy, we, we just, we, me and Ben, will, hopefully, if we do the job on Saturday, me and Ben will just be having a few drinks while recording a podcast, having a good time. Uh, we're thinking about as well. Uh, towards the end of the season, uh, it's very. We haven't really got started on planning this, but we would love to do a promotion special podcast where we get quite a few guests on and just talk about everything, whether it's a live stream or whatever. We we don't know yet, but hopefully, me and Ben can sit down and sort of work on it out and hopefully put something good out for you guys. Um, Similar then, to what we did for the Christmas one, where we did like yeah. awards and that's so like goal of a season, player of a season, performance of a season, just similar to something to like that, because that was a bit of a success. And who knows, we might do like a little quiz at the end of the episode again, like um, me and Mike quizzed each other and at the end of the episode. And that, that was very enjoyable, very tough. I didn't really enjoy yeah. your one, to be honest, mate. You, you made me sweat a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> we, we, We've definitely got something in the pipeline and we, we're hopeful of some really big name guests as well that are in the oh, pipeline yes. as well, what we, we are really excited about as well. And yeah, you, you just wait, guys, you wait. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait to start announcing them. Um, and then Alex Grocock says, has anyone got a spare pair of trunks? So yeah, I hope you find some trunks. It's a shame, <laughs> right? All this association with us going in the pond when we promoted, if I was sort of working in the, the the sort of marketing side of Watford, first thing I'd be doing, especially around about now, what stick, for trunks? Some, stick some Watford trunks on the Watford website. They will sell out like hot cakes, mate. So I don't know why that's not being thought of. I might, I might tweet Watford later and say, do you sell Watford trunks? Yeah, yeah, do it from the podcast account. We need some Watford trunks to be put I'll, on the Watford website. I'll do it now. Do it now. Yeah, I'll do it now, mate. Do uh-huh. it right now. Yeah, I will do. Whilst Super we're on here, cool. I'll do it now. Well, where's, what's... where's Watford? Oh, they've just <laughs> tweeted saying one step closer. Um, I'll... All right, then. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm doing it, mate. There might be one step closer to promotion, but we need to be one step closer to having some trunks available on the Watford website, please. So um, whilst Benny's doing that, I will just talk about, obviously, the next game. I will give my thoughts and then I will ask Ben for his thoughts. We've mentioned it enough times now. We've got Millwall at home. 
we've won fourth, uh, we've won fifth, easy for me to say, we've won 53 points at home this season. That's the most since Wolverhampton Wanderers did a couple of seasons ago. Um, so I think we we could be on a, on on the on the way to beating some sort of a record. So hopefully we we can pick up another three points. I'm expecting a tough game to be fair. You know, Millwall away from home, they've got the eighth best away record in the division. They've picked up 31 points from 21 games away from home. Uh, in the form table, they're actually fourth. In the last five, they've picked up 10 points, the same as Watford. So they're, they're a decent outfit. Um, I'm expecting a tough game. It was a tough game at the Den earlier in the season, but that's when we played 4-4-2 and we were, we were shockingly bad. Uh, but we're at home. We uh, we should be. Um, <laughs> I've just got notification whilst I'm reading some stats here that someone's liked a tweet saying, "Anyone know where we can get some Watford FC trunks from?" So Ben has already done the business. So thanks, oh. Ben. Hopefully <laughs> we're here back. Uh, but Ben, what are you expecting from me? Like, I know we've just talked about obviously how confident we are and all that. But in serious like question: What are you expecting from Millwall? Like turning up to the Vic on Saturday? Um, expected a tough game like you say um, they're, they're definitely not going to come and um, roll over we're not it's going to be a difficult game they're going to make us sweat it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be a pleasant watch I think Gary Rower is a very experienced coach he's done well at previous jobs as well um, he'll come with a game plan probably similar to what we've seen with a Neil Warnock Middlesbrough side maybe a Nathan Jones Luton side where they're, they're going to they're going to try their best to stop us from playing and maybe getting the best out of Sarah and that. But saying that, we do have a lot of quality in our midfield. Uh, if, if we play the same midfield three that we did against Norwich, uh, uh, Goslin, Cleverly and Husey, I think we can flood that midfield and boss the midfield and dictate play and probably um, get the best out of our front line. And that's... Uh, um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a nervy watch, but um, <laughs> we will definitely have enough in our locker to get three points. What, what are you going to score prediction wise? Um, 4 0 Watford. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this doesn't usually end well. What was the last game you predicted? 4 0. I think we won it, but when uh, Reading that was it, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it, you don't you very rarely predict the 4 0. And like I say, the last time you did, we won 2-0. Listen, I'll take a scrappy 1-0, comes off a Millwall's player's arse in the last minute and they absolutely batter us all game. I will take that 100%. As long as we get that win, we are promoted to the Premier League and I cannot wait for next season. Like this season, I, I'm just going to end the podcast on, on just a little bit of chatting about the podcast itself. But this season for me and Ben, as we quite often say it's been an absolute roller coaster of emotions for us. Uh, the podcast has gone to levels we didn't think it would be possible to. Um, we've had some brilliant guests on. We've got some brilliant guests lined up. This has all been thanks to you guys that listen. In the championship, it's been absolutely amazing. The regularity of the podcast as well. You're sort of keeping us on our toes a little bit. We've still got bloody three more games to play. But next season, if we are in the Prem, we are going to have to step up our podcast game. We, we will look into making it bigger and better and just more interactive and everything. But it's been an absolute whirlwind. Like it really, really has. And hopefully me and Ben can have some drinks on Saturday whilst recording and we can just talk about Watford being a Premier League side again. And as Ben said, it will almost be like this season never even happens because if fans are allowed in stadiums next season, then like I say, you know, it's almost as if, oh, we had a season out. We weren't really playing in the Prem, but now we're back. So, 
yeah, we can we can go back to moaning about VAR, moaning about referees, everything. And, you know, hopefully it's going to be good time next season. But, yeah, myself and Ben, as I said, will be back on Saturday evening um, with a podcast, hopefully raising a glass to Watford FC, winning promotion back to the Premier League. I really hope I've not jinxed it. I'm touching the, the wood cabinet that I, um, I have got next to my bed right here now uh, hoping that I've not jinxed it um, but yeah my, myself and Ben will be back on Saturday we hope you enjoy the rest of your week it's going to be a long few days from Wednesday to Saturday now enjoy the rest of your week stay safe and come on you horns <laughs> Podcast Network.